And this is the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the sixth chapter. Glory, Glory to you, you, O Lord. Lord. Jesus came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, where does this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor except in their own home and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The assembly may be seated. And grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We have entered a season of reunions. Especially this year, it feels great to just be able to get together with people, to be reunited with those that we have missed this past year and a half or so. It's also that season of high school reunions, of family reunions, the cast of friends being reunited, all of the important reunions that we've been waiting for for so, so long. And the thing about reunions is we like to look back to the people and the places of yesteryear. That comfort that we have and we're around those familiar faces and those familiar places truly is a gift. But it's one of those things too as we reunite with those people from the past is that people and places change, right? It takes a moment to process through, but people and places change over time. It's like that moment when you're sitting there back at your alma mater and you look around and you think to yourself, where are those alumni now that do this, right? That we become those people, right? It's part of that experience in life. And Jesus today, as his own sort of a, a homecoming, for lack of a better phrase, he returns to Nazareth and he goes directly to the synagogue, directly to the temple, because of course he would. And he starts off by preaching. And the people are amazed by it. It's a good sermon as it turns out. They're, they're amazed also by the, the deeds of power that he's done and the wisdom with which he teaches. That is up until the point when they start to gossip, when they start to think about the past, and suddenly it's not quite as amazing as it once seemed. Very quickly the people start to minimize his God-given gifts as he is God's own self, and instead point to him and say, oh, that's just that carpenter guy. Oh, that's just Mary's son or James's brother. Oh, that's the kid I sat next to in second grade. He used to eat glue. Don't, don't listen to him, right? The people start to downplay who 
Jesus is. And the thing is, Jesus has changed quite a bit since these people last saw him. Since he left, he has grown in the power of the Spirit. He's been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and has been healing and teaching, going throughout the land, doing remarkable and amazing things. While he might look familiar to the people, the person in front of them has changed already in his public ministry. However, the people in their familiarity decide that they are going to reject Jesus. They're not going to take him for who he is now, but instead are focused on who he used to be. And I think we all have these experiences, right? It's like when you go to the family reunion, right? And your great aunt comes up, oh, Zachy, are you still into Star Wars and Pokemon? Look, lady, I'm an adult now, okay? And yes, those are called sermon illustrations, and I'm very much interested in those, right? That's what happens, right? But people can't let go of that past, and that's what's happening here. And for a moment, a brief glimmering moment, it seems like their lack of faith undermines Jesus' ministry, but not fully, right? He's still able to go ahead and heal the people he was sent to heal. And you see, I think this rejection is so, so very important. Because what it does is it sets up a model for the apostles he's about to send, that they may be ready for rejection themselves. And so that's what it is. He rounds up this group of 12, these apostles, and he gets them ready to be sent out. He gives them authority over unclean spirits. He gives them a packing list and a to-do list. And the to-do list is pretty straightforward. Go forth and use the power you've been given to heal, to do mission and ministry to the world, and also evangelize. Go and proclaim my presence with the world who needs it. And indeed, when we look at this preparation, when we look at this packing list, this packing list is not a single packing list for all apostles throughout all time. Every time groups of, of people, of apostles, are sent, they need to bring their own supplies necessary for their particular task. And at the same time, at the same time, sometimes they got to leave some things behind. Now, I want to do this, a quick poll. No one can see you on camera, right? How many of you have overpacked for a trip before? Ever had that experience? So for those uh, online, everyone raised their hand. Like, everyone did. We all do it, right? We all overpack. It's natural, right? It's like, we're going to be going on a beach vacation, and I'm standing there, I'm like, well, what if there's a black tie formal that breaks out? I might need to bring the tuxedo with. You just never know, right? You just never know, right, Katie? Or, or, or you know, maybe, maybe this is the trip where my glow-in-the-dark lucky snorkel is going to come in handy. I, I know we're flying to Alaska, but you just never know, right? What if? Or sometimes we go to take our pop-up camper out for the weekend. I think we should just hitch up the house at this point. We've, we've pretty much put our house in the camper. Let's just take the whole thing with us, right? We, we all do this. We all overpack. And in some ways, I think that's helpful for us as apostles to consider. What do we need to leave behind? I think maybe as we're sent out, maybe we need to leave behind the false notion that everyone else needs my help. That it's all about me and what I offer. Rather than the truth that all ministry is done in mutuality. All ministry is done in relationship with one another. It's one of the first things I tell every youth group when we arrive at our destination. Do not, for the next week, tell others how you're going to fix them, how you're here to help them or make their lives better. But instead, 
be open to them helping you, to them serving as you have come to serve yourself. And the other thing maybe we need to leave behind is the belief that we have all the answers, right? That maybe we need to leave behind that arsenal of bullet points that we hold on to to tell others why they are wrong and our message is right. And you see, as modern day apostles too, we have to learn to shake things off. A few days ago, we went to the Museum of Science and Industry and we saw Michael Jordan to the max that came back for its 20th anniversary and it's as good as it was when I was in like third grade. And one of the things that really impressed me, they asked Michael Jordan what made him successful. And he said what was really helpful was after a bad loss, was being able to move on the next day to another game, to move on from the disappointment and the rejection. And at that point, the narrator says in the background, in his career, Jordan missed over 9,000 shots, but it never stopped him from taking the next one when it was necessary. Jesus today instructs his disciples to shake the dust off their feet when they face rejection in a household. And for my entire life, I've looked at this in a very negative way. I've taken it as, as this negative thing and, and a judgment against people for that. But I think maybe, just maybe, it can be spun in a positive way. Maybe we have to be reminded that sometimes we have to shake off our disappointment and our judgment of others as well. Rather than holding on to the resentment from rejection that we can throw it back in someone's face later as an I told you so, maybe we need to be able to shake ourselves off in the moment and move on to the next place. Because you see, evangelism, outreach, isn't about being right. It's not about making others believe what you believe or getting others to side with you and against them. Indeed, evangelism is a gift that we share that's born out of love. The love that God has for us, the love that is so important in our lives that we can't help but want to share it with the world around us, that others may know that love too. And the truth of the matter is this, love can be rejected. Mission and ministry and outreach and evangelism can be ignored. And it's disappointing. And maybe over the years as individuals or even as a faith community, it's been the reason why we don't like doing it. We don't like reaching out because what if they say no? What if they don't agree with us? What if they don't follow like we think they should? But Jesus, you see, knows this reality of rejection himself. He knows it so well that he begins by sending the apostles with it as an example of what to expect themselves. Because you see, sometimes we are going to fail. And yet when we do, Jesus picks us up and dusts us off. And so now as we look ahead to next week, we're not going to send one but two groups of youth out into the world, out into the world to serve and be served, out into the world to learn and to share God's good word and love with people in other places. And so what I'd like to do is end our sermon by offering a prayer of blessing over our youth in their travels in the week ahead. So I invite you to, to join me in prayer. Gracious God, we ask that you would be with our youth as they are sent forth. Help them to pack lightly so we can fit everything in the vans that we need to bring. 
help them to leave behind their preconceived notions of what they're doing and where they're going, and instead open themselves to you through all the people that they will meet. And bless us in our travels that we may return safely to this community to share with others and proclaim your good word once more. In your son's name we pray. Amen.